0: You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Five reasons why the Bible teaches a literal, Personal Antichrist, not figurative, impersonal. There have been quite a few figures in history, beginning with the Egyptian Pharaoh thousands of years ago, who have sought to persecute uh, or even exterminate the Jewish people. Uh, even up to this last century, with Nazi Germany and Hitler, uh, and even today with the more you know radical Islamic groups in countries who want to exterminate Israel. So for thousands of years uh God has has chosen to to persevere uh, or preserve uh his chosen people Israel uh through of course with his grace. Well, at the end of uh the very end of this age there's going to be another a final attempt to exterminate the Jewish people as well as the church. And which, of course, is the church is of course made up of a minority of Jews, mostly Gentiles, and those two groups will be the object objects of the Antichrist persecution, wrath. And the Bible, uh, the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they uh, it describes a particular eschatological antagonist figure, who. Who's going to oppose and persecute Israel and the church at the end of this age, just before Christ returns to defeat uh, this satanic inspired enemy? The most common term given to this eschatological figure is the term, well, Antichrist. And we get this term from the epistles of John. Uh, But, of course, we know other biblical writers have used other terms to describe this figure. Uh, just to name a few for example in the book of revelation the the term beast is very common daniel uses the term little horn uh, and the uh, jesus uses this personification of the abomination of, of desolation standing and of course there's there's other terms as well i think a great Term that captures the the Antichrist is the term the Desolator because that's what he's going to do. He's going to desolate when he comes on the scene. But for our purposes today, I'm just going to be using the the common term Antichrist to denote this eschatological figure. And this brings me to the the topic of of this program today, and that is. I'm going to give you five reasons why the Bible teaches a literal antichrist, a literal personal antichrist, not a figurative or impersonal antichrist. Now, of course, that implies, while well, there's people out there, interpreters out there that, don't, that they don't believe that the Bible teaches a literal antichrist figure. They believe it's going to be or is an imp- some impersonal entity. Some non-literal entity, and these are just terms that are figurative. Okay. Well, <clears throat> just to kind of maybe set things up a little bit, uh, one of these interpreters are actually two of them. They're called historicists, and and those who would hold to a symbolic view as well. But historicist uh, historicists believe that they they interpret. For example, the Antichrist, Great Tribulation, or the or Antichrist uh, himself not not as a um, a literal Antichrist, but something that where this prophecy is being fulfilled throughout the Church Age, okay, between the, the first and second comings of Christ. Um, it can be called inter Adventism, okay, or inter where, where the the antichrist is more of an embodiment of not a person, not personal, but impersonal. Like it could be, some historicists believe that it's government. The antichrist is government, right? The government, the oppressive government from between the first and second coming of Christ. Um, and so that 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 would be a historicist. So historicists would deny that the Bible teaches a a, a literal antichrist figure, some eschatological figure. Another view is is that um, other than historicism is is idealism. Idealism says that interprets these events as well. They look at the these these references to the antichrist figure, and they'll say, well, these are just symbolic or spiritual. They're just timeless ethical truths about you know the struggle between good and evil. So they would reject as well as um, this notion of a literal Antichrist figure. And, and preterism, uh, this is one thing Futurists have in common with preterism. We both believe these references to an Antichrist figure uh, refers to a literal person, not impersonal. Now, of course, the big difference here is Futurists believe that that prophecy is going to be fulfilled in the future and of course preter at, at Christ's second coming <clears throat> and preterist um, believe that no it's 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 already fulfilled around the year AD 70 okay that's in the past preterism so <clears throat> and like I said I you know I believe the the natural reading of scripture in my judgment demonstrates that the Bible intends to convey a literal person, antichrist figure, contra the symbolic view and contra the historicist view. And I'm going to give five reasons why I think that is the case. But just quickly before we start, I do want to clarify that I'm not addressing the the when question, okay? Uh, that is, you know, when does this figure or non figure find fulfillment in history that is you know um of course it's it's a related question, do not get me wrong but it, i it's um, I'm bracketing that question it's a separate question for now i'm not addressing that today uh, i'm focused on giving reasons why the bible teaches a literal personal figure regardless of when its fulfillment has happened or when it will happen so i'm I'm, I'm dressing the the quality of the, uh, the nature of the entity or the nature of the figure, not the timing of it. And obviously as a futurist I do believe that the Antichrist will be in the future. okay I mean but again that I'm not addressing that question so <clears throat> okay, five reasons why I believe that <clears throat> that the uh, the Antichrist is, is a literal personal figure. Number one, there is a, a broad and a narrow sense of the term Antichrist we have to understand. The, <clears throat> the broad theological sense is defined by the Apostle John. He, he writes in 1 John 2, chapter 2, verse 22, Who is the liar but the person who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Right? This one is the Antichrist. Uh, the person who denies the father and the son. Okay, so John defines that. So it's the one who again denies that Jesus is the Christ. In, in this broad theological term sense, that is an Antichrist figure. So in that case, we can have many Antichrists, right? But a few verses later, I'm sorry, a, a few verses earlier in 1 John 2.18, John prophesied of an eschatological Antichrist. He says, uh, quote, Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have appeared. We know from this that it is the last hour. So here, John recognizes and an already-not-yet sense of Antichrist, okay? The Antichrist is coming, not yet. So now many Antichrists have appeared already, right? And then actually in in two chapters later in 1 John 4, 3, he restates this already-not-yet sense. He says, quote, But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God, is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. Now some people will try to read that as saying that oh no it's referring to the spirit of antichrist is that you heard is coming and now is already in the world but that's actually the language there doesn't indicate that that's i think a straining of scripture not to mention 1 John 2:18 and 1 John 2:22 clarifies uh, that no, we we have a an already not sense there's a spirit of Antichrist and the and then there's a a personal embodiment of the Antichrist. And by the way, this is uh we'll see that in 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 Second Thessalonians chapter two, Paul is very consistent with this concept, this theological concept, and already right there's there the spirit of the Antichrist is being <clears throat> being restrained, uh and when he will be unrestrained it will result in a man or manifest into a a person <clears throat> so number 1 the number one reason is found in the epistles of John where John himself makes this distinction uh indicating that the antichrist there there the the future antichrist is going to, going to be a literal personal antichrist the spirit of antichrist is not a so much a a person um although one could maybe argue that maybe the spirit of the antichrist behind the antichrist today is of course Satan which is a person right <laughs> uh and we know that the antichrist is going to be possessed one day second Thessalonians chapter 2 Paul says that the the antichrist will be possessed by by Satan or so so that's number one. The second reason. <clears throat> second reason is found in Matthew 24, 25, uh, the Olive Discourse, right? Matthew's account, specifically Matthew 24, verse 15, says, uh, according to Jesus, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken about by the Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Okay, well, here Jesus is using what's called uh, an, uh, a certain literary device, a personification. So he's taking a certain act or an event, a desolating event, spoke of by the prophet Daniel, uh, the abomination of desolation, and making it into, he, Jesus is personifying this event. It says spoken of about by the Daniel Pro standing in the holy place. So uh this the fact that Jesus says uh guess, standing in the holy place indicates a personal attribute, i.e. a literal person. Okay. And just to corroborate this, by the way, the in in Mark thirteen fourteen, Mark thirteen, fourteen, um the, in Mark's account, there, he uses the masculine participle, which indicates that a person is in view. Otherwise, you know, why, why use a masculine? Why not, like, for example, maybe a neuter participle here? But again, and, and also Mark has the, the notion of standing. In Matthew's account, uh, the Greek term is uh, estos. And here is estikota. Matthew 24, verse 25, and Mark 13, 14 is, indicates that a, uh, a uh, the, these personal attributes, standing, masculine, that's conveying a person, a literal person there. I, I'm not sure how people can get a figurative, non-personal um, sense there. Okay, number three. So again, number one. In in the Epistles of John, number two in the Olivet Discourse, and the third reason is the Apostle Paul in Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul explicitly describes the Antichrist figure as a personal figure. I think, I think Paul. I think of all the reasons. I mean, they're all good, but this one really is explicit. It's, it's very difficult to get around this. Uh, so Paul, Paul writes in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three through four. He says, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not arrive until the rebellion comes and the man, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. He, verse, beginning in verse 4, he opposes and exalts himself above every soul called god or object of worship and as a result he takes his seat in God's temple displaying himself as God uh, and then in verse 6 a couple of verses later and so you know what holds him back so that he will be revealed in uh, his own time <laughs> well Paul r- tell us what you really believe <laughs> no I I mean okay look at all these Masculine, personal, these uh, pronouns, right? What do we have here? We have, uh, beginning verse 3, we have the man, the son, verse 4, he, himself, he, his, himself, verse 6, uh, him, he. I'm not exactly sure how Paul can describe a personal antichrist more explicitly. Reason number one, we have the epistles of John. Number two, all of Discourse, number three, Paul. And number four, we have two more to go. Number four is the Book of Revelation. <clears throat> now, I know there's probably someone out there who's saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. What, you're going to invoke the Book of Revelation, this most figurative book full of symbols and figurative language. You're going to use that as evidence for uh a literal antichrist figure yep in fact i think it's one of the, one of the most explicit references to a literal personal antichrist figure so how do we know that well first of all again and, and, and this is kind of important this is this is a a certain hermeneutical you know more of a biblical interpretive principle that we we should understand for larger issues in the book of revelation because i mean how many times have you heard you know, you, you start explaining the second coming of Christ and you talk about the book of Revelation. And someone kind of stops you in your tracks and go, well, don't you know that book is figurative? That's figurative language. Well, when I hear that, I mean, right away, I I, I say to my, you know, well, when I hear that, I basically think they understand exactly how figurative and symbolic language works. Um, well, l- let me explain something here. Figurative and symbolic language It's not an end in itself, to itself, okay? People don't use figurative or symbolic language, you know, because for their health or for, you know, for no reason. Let me, okay, it's, there's a reason you use that language. It points to something. Okay, let me, let me repeat that again. Figurative and symbolic language is not an end to itself, uh New Testament writers anyone in any language this is not just strictly to the book of revelation uh this is intrinsic to language itself they they use it to um to point to something that's the whole point of figurative and symbolic language by definition it points to something okay. Uh so the question here is what is it pointing to? Not merely pointing out the fact that, oh, the book of Revelation is symbolic, therefore, how can you come away with a, a literal interpretation? Okay, that's not that's not the question. Again, the question is what is the language pointing to? You know, is it pointing to a literal personal reference, referent? Or a an, an impersonal or in some or a symbolic referent. I hope you understand that because, like I said, many people they they if they get this wrong, they're they're just not going to get the Book of Revelation right. They're not really going to get the the, the meaning of of um of the of the Book of Revelation. I mean, if. You know, you have to recognize this basic linguistic distinction. Again, that's common in all languages, in all genres, not just the book of Revelation. So, you know, let let me actually give you some examples of what I'm trying to say here. Okay, now, you know, just as kind of a uh, test case here, I'm going to read a few verses from the book of Revelation. And I'm going to ask you a question. Just listen to these few verses, okay? Ready? Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished browns, refined in a f- furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters in his right hand. He held seven stars from his mouth came a sharp two edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Now in that text, I just read that is probably one of the most saturated Now, you know, the book of revelation is, full of figurative language, right? This text is probably arguably the most saturated figurative language in the entire book of Revelation. But you know it's talking about someone. You're not going to walk away going, Oh, that's pretty language. You know that all of this language, this figurative, descriptive Symbolic type of language is pointing to a person. And of course, we know it's Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, right? But we're not going to go, well, oh, it can't be talking about the literal Jesus because it's using all this language. But by a lot of people's logic, that's how we're supposed to conclude. See the inconsistency? They'll allow all this figurative language. To refer to a literal person, i.e., Jesus Christ. Oh, but oh no, no, all this other language in Revelation 13 that that describes the Antichrist figure. No, 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 no. That's that's uh, that's not pointing to a literal person. You see the inconsistency. I'll give you another example. Uh, and by the way, that text was from the first chapter in the book of Revelation. Another one is um, in chapter five. Right here we go. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Is it talk about a real lion? No. (laughs) The root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seals. And between the throne and the four uh, living creatures and among the elders, uh, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Let me just stop there. Um, Actually, that's from another text, but I'm just bringing that together. Now, we, well, you know, who is this? It's Christ, right? Christ is described as a lamb, as though it's been slain, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, all of these symbolic terms and titles of Christ. But we're not going to walk away going, again, oh, that's, that's, that's really nice language. Very poetic. Well, no, it's, we know it's pointing to some, something, well, let's look at the descriptive language of the Antichrist figure in the book of Revelation. Let's look at Revelation 13, you, uh, uh, 4 through 8. And they worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast and who can fight against it? Okay, here's this beast language. Verse 5 And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. It opened its mouth; its uttered blasphemies against, against God, blaspheming His name and dwelling place. Who uh, those who dwell in heaven? Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, again, are we going to? You know, this is conveying a not an impersonal. Uh, referent some non-literal impersonal figurative merely figurative referent no it's conveying a literal person but it's using all this language to to point how do we know this person well uh, they worship the beast right worshiping uh, an entity right now some may say well you know some people worship you know stones and but you know what guess what or, or they worship nature. Well, guess what? They think that uh, whatever they're worshiping, though, is still has some personal attribute, some consciousness or something. Uh, let's see here. Who is like the beast and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth. Okay, the beast is, is uttering haughty blasphemous words. People do that. Uh, let's see here. The beast was given authority to exercise um for, for 42 months, it's it opened its mouth, again, utter blasphemies against God. Oh, verse 7, and it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And it says, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language, and nation, and all who dwell on the on the earth will worship it. There you have a text, all this figure of language, but it's referring to a literal, personal figure. You know, we looked at uh, Jesus, the language that's used of Jesus, uh it's interesting that the in revelation chapter twenty verse two it says uh and he referring to uh to to jesus seized the um uh the the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil and satan and bound him for a thousand years but well, actually it's a an angel descending from heaven that that um uh that bound um Satan. But the, the, the point here is <clears throat> that you have this language, Dragon, right? All this figure of language. But uh are we gonna say that Satan is not a is not a personal figure? No, we're not. Of course, you know, uh liberals uh will of course, or liberals who actually maybe believe in Satan, they'll think Satan's not really a personal, it's more symbolic of a of um, a principle of evil. Going back to the the language describing the 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 Antichrist in the Book of Revelation, Revelation nineteen, chapter 19, 19 through twenty. This is uh, this here we have a text that's conveying personal attributes, right? In verse uh, or verse nineteen, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on. The horse and against his army. So here, the beast is seen as a person, a literal person in charge of of these kings or uh, of the earth. Verse twenty. And the beast was captured. Huh, right there. That's uh, that should be construed as a uh, a personal type of attribute. The beast is captured with the false prophet who is in the presence and done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. The two, there it is, the two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Anyone can say, well, the book of Revelation is figurative. That's not, you're not saying anything that's debated. No one, no one argues against that. The question is, what is the figurative or symbolic language pointing to? Point in this last one, number four, is that the, the language is pointing to personal attributes, not, not something that's kind of embodied in some institution, government, or, or what have you. So we come to the last, the last reason, number five. So just to recap, number one. Uh, is in the uh, – we looked at the epistle of, uh, in John, uh, Jesus in Matthew 24, the Apostle Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and then, of course, the book of Revelation. And lastly is a little different. It's not a biblical reason, as the first four were, but I think it's very important. It's It's an argument from the very early church. The early church did not interpret these texts – as pointing to some embodiment okay in fact we know that um, instead the the they interpreted for example Jesus's teaching here in in uh, Matthew 24 as a, a literal personal figure not 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 figurative uh, and, and you know many early church fathers I think could be cited here but I want to highlight one of them this is the most important, I think, and and this is from the Didache. The Didache is from uh, most likely the the very uh, the first century, and arguably it's the very first Christian document uh, that we know of outside of the New Testament, and that's why it's it's quite important because this is the generation, the first generation of the church. How did they at least you know this? Uh, 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 these Christians um, in in the circle that that uh, produce this document, how do they understand uh, the Bible and the uh, the Antichrist figure? Well, dedicate chapter sixteen, verse four says this quote: "For as lawlessness increases, they will hate and persecute and betray one another." Of course, citing from all of the discourse. Now listen to this, and then the deceiver of the world will appear as a son of God and will perform signs and wonders, and the earth will be delivered into his hands, and he will commit abominations, the likes of which have never happened before. Well, there you have it. I mean, that's, that's pretty, um, pretty explicit. Uh, the dedicate here, um, they understood the Antichrist as a literal personal figure, not a personal or impersonal non-literal figure. Uh, I mean, again, the terms sir, the deceiver of the world as a son of God, his hands. He will commit abominations. Uh, I conclude that they demonstrate that the Bible teaches that the Antichrist is going to be a literal, real person, not some impersonal, figurative, or symbolic, or other such non-literal entity. So, um, hey, and speaking of the Antichrist, uh, you know, be sure to get my copy, or get a copy of my book, uh, Antichrist Before the Day of the Lord, What Every Christian Needs to Know About the Return of Christ. You can purchase that on Amazon or directly uh, from my website, uh, dot com.